This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Ben Prunty. Here's a story of courage, luck, and unforgivable treason. So there's this friend, I've never beaten at TI3. When he was there, about a third of the games I played, either he won or the game just fizzled out without a clear winner. But this time, in a four-player game, I had my shot. He was playing the Necrovirus on my right while I had the Mentak Coalition. Somewhere in the fourth or fifth round, he was a bit overextended attacking the Emirates on his right while my left was currently secure as the Winu had had a very subpar early game to my left, so I saw an opportunity to kneecap my nemesis. He had already activated his home system in a poorly timed transfer action and only left a single cruiser in it, but the only way I could reach this home system to destroy him was through his flagship, as a supernova blocked the alternate route. So I had to beat his bomb flagship, and a dreadnought, another cruiser, and a fighter losing the whole fleet I sent there, then send another fleet able to beat his cruiser 2 PDS and some ground forces in his home system. That was a lot, especially since I needed to ensure victory against his flagship, but not send too much. So, I devised a strategy using my own flagship, which nullifies the enemy's sustained damage in the system, and an action card, target their flagship maybe? which gave me a single pre-combat roll, which I could assign to any ship of my choosing if successful. You see where I'm going with this? Surprising everyone, I send my flagship alone into four enemy ships and played this card. I only needed a five plus to blow up the whole system. So, of course, I got a four on my roll. Now things weren't going that great anymore, except I also had a beacon of hope, I think which makes every 10 my flagship gets count for two hits. Maybe I could inflict some damage. Maybe I could survive the first combat round and maybe still succeed in getting to his home system. And then he got three hits out of four dice. This didn't look good. Until I threw two tens. Two hits became four, no sustained damage on his side, and everything dies in the system, all four of his ships, and then the system blew up again just for good measure. So that's it. The Necrovirus cannot come back from this. Next turn, I'm in his home system, blowing stuff up, destroying half of his space docks, preventing him from scoring two objectives, public and secret, and generally gloating about my upcoming victory. He had no way to defend his already activated home system. All he could do was wait for his death. Except, as I said, production still hadn't been played. The Necro didn't have it. I didn't have it. No. The Emirates of Hakan had it. The same Emirates who already lost a couple of planets this very round to the virus. So, of course, I just had to tell them, yo, d- don't play production this turn. Just use bureaucracy or something and we can take out our common enemy. And he wouldn't do it, right? Wrong. Because the virus offered two whole trade goods for him to play production. I couldn't match that at the moment. I pleaded and pleaded for him not to take the trade goods. And the Hakan still took that deal. Played production. The virus built three huge ships in his home system, which made my expedition there a much more even fight. I still went in. I got unlucky. I couldn't take his home system. He scored like a gazillion points and ended up with my mirror computing. The Winu came out of their lethargy and made some sort of alliance with the virus. The Hakan got destroyed by both of them. The virus won that game again. I lost everything that day. Everything except the memory of those two beautiful tens when I needed them the most, and the hope that maybe I can finally beat that guy in Twilight Imperium 4. Welcome to this Imperium life. That should be the title of this episode. Should be this Imperium Life. This Imperium Life. That's a that's a really good title for the episode. Today we're telling your stories. Ooh, this is fun. Yeah, so this is fun. Today we want to um, just get into all the stories you guys submitted us. That one is uh, we wanted to start with it because it's definitely the most cinematic and really got us very good. Got us going. That was what's his name? Uh, Super Village. 
Oh, I, it might be super villageous, oh. super villageois. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's sorry. not obvious how to pronounce name. that. Anyways, he's on the Reddit, Twilight Imperium subreddit. And, uh, he's man, a good writer. He's a good writer. That was, that was great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the way that I felt about that story. Um, man, I feel some really, really, sh- I don't know if it's because I'm a Hakan play, like I love playing Hakan, <laughs> but I feel some very strong hatred for mm-hmm. that Hakan player. Right. Because it just seems so obvious that like I don't know, man, like when when somebody's taken a home system like that just by the skin of their teeth, that is an ideal sitch in yeah. my opinion. Like because to me, it sounds like if if somebody's just barely taking someone's home system and they've gotten really lucky but they they really don't they don't quite have it. They're just yeah. barely going to get yeah. it. That to me that sounds like too limp players right. like you're gonna ha- end up with two people overextended with you right. know i would like yeah no i totally yeah. disagree with that the Hakan details player. of like the exact board state but i will i will say in defense of the Hakan player i mean he made it who can offer me something you that's know? true but he only got two, only trade, got two goods. trade goods that's not really any, that's not a whole lot i'm just I mean, saying if i had i been in that game i yeah. would have been like nah yeah you got him <laughs> Especially if it's Carve the Necro. Yeah. Necro is so prone to like big swings yeah, and stuff. Right, but yeah, right. oh my god, what a good game. Yeah. Hunter, do you have any uh, any memories of um, especially impactful moments, regardless of the outcome of the game? Do you remember any big dice rolls? I have I have memories of opposite stuff. Like I remember one time I had a fleet, uh, like stacked fleet. It might have been a game where I was playing Kakan because I just remember having like, you know, just like a like like several several dreadnoughts in like a huge fighter screen something like maybe two or three dreadnoughts hitting real good um and the fighter screen was ridiculous like maybe two carriers full of fighters so we're talking like a five fleet pool i've had a lot of money um and i think i faced off against it was like it was basically somebody they had no dreadnoughts and like some cruisers and some fighters yeah and I rolled so bad that I lost. Like I, I remember more games where I got like cursed, like the dice were cursed, right. and I couldn't roll a single hit, just yeah. over and over, yeah. nothing, just nothing, nothing. Yeah, you know that, and that's something not to like. This guy's lucky. This like guy's, this guy's got oh, re- he knows a real hot yeah. hand. Um, what's, what's an interesting point I kind of want to bring up? This, this is getting more into kind of the critical look at things we've been doing, and today we want it to be more just stories but i do want to say something i do enjoy about twilight imperium is opposed to something like risk or axis and allies or a lot of other strategy games that use dice as their primary combat mechanic Mm -hmm. the style of fleet restrictions in twilight imperium i think lends itself a lot to not having horrible swings because of dice rolls like because you're usually only having skirmishes of like four or five units against each other. Yeah. Um, most things don't just totally destroy a player. Whereas like in Axis and Allies, Ooh. you can have those battles that it's like, this is just everything I have. And it's yeah. like, this battle's going to take us 15 minutes because it's like 35 units between the two of us. Yeah, you know, I think And you get pool. a couple bad rounds of rolls in mm-hmm. those battles and it's devastating Mm -hmm. you can usually have the production like you can usually have the amount of money you need to like fully reproduce one fleet which means you kind of always have like one expendable fleet right you always got one in your pocket and in so many other dice roll strategy games that is not necessarily the case you do not have the money to just start throwing stuff so and it feels like in ti4 the hopeful focus on more skirmishes around the board as opposed to big fights mm-hmm. is going to push that idea even more. And I think that's why I'm excited because these types of moments, these like big impact dice roll things will always be fun and never just be like, I lost my whole game because I had a terrible dice roll around. Yeah. Um, just, I, I think they'll have the right level of impact to always just tell a good story. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got a, this is a TI3 spooky story for you. It it ends in mystery. (sighs) I think it was our last game of TI3, but probably more than a year ago, my wife was on a trip, ooh, and I jumped at the chance of hosting a six-player game. So I called out to the network, 
That's in quotes. And I don't know what that means. We ended up with four (laughs) players I didn't know. And my old TI3 friend and mentor, let's call him Jay to be mysterious. He agreed to join. So it's me, Jay, and two other very experienced TI3 players. And also two people completely new to the game. Jay taught me to play TI3 and he knows the game inside and out. One of the other experienced players, let's call him D, claimed he had over 100 games of TI3 under his belt. Wow. And he did know the game very well, no doubt about it. According to himself, he mostly won when playing TI3. Be careful around D. (laughs) And D did get off to the best start and looked like a winner after four to five rounds. D was playing next to me in our end of the galaxy, and J was in the other half, unable to directly counter D's path to victory. There's an action card that allows you to look through the action card pile and choose another card. J drew that card and played it. He was looking for one specific action card and picked up the huge pile of sleeved action cards. After about an hour and a half of him (laughs) searching through all the action cards, he found one. He returns to the table and plays the action card, Public Execution, which reads, Elect Player. He loses all action cards, his planets are exhausted, and his units receive negative one on all rolls for the rest of the round. Guess who got executed and didn't win the game? Hunter, who who was it? It doesn't say. A Ghosts of Kriya story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was D It was D It probably was D It was probably D It doesn't say It really though It didn't say <laughs> uh, That was Per Fisher uh, He sent that to our email uh, So that's one that only we got to read Until this very moment mm-hmm. So I hope you all enjoyed Hope you all enjoyed that one um, I love this story Because um, It doesn't leave any room For um, Metagame interpretations this is just a great example of TI3 threw a card at you and said, this is going to this is gonna have a, an impact, right. and it's going to do some damage. And uh, it was used against the cocky, um, self-proclaimed best player at the table, and there's just nothing sweeter. You know, I like to think that the guy who who uh, who did that had done that before. That that mm-hmm. was like his his move. Right. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I know about I know public card. execution. <laughs> Anytime you get public execution, use it on the mean boy yeah. at the group. <laughs> <laughs> Shove him down a few pegs. I I love it when um, Twilight Imperium gives you that resource that you need to impact the leader. And, like, everyone at the table can just, like, the kind of thing where it's, like, you play the card and everyone except for the person you're playing against is just, like, yeah! yeah. All right! Here we go! <laughs> like, what a dramatic... But, it's so, such a dramatic moment yeah. when something like that gets played. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, pretty much. Um, except, I guess, if you played that... Wouldn't it... What would be funnier? Wouldn't that... You know, because we actually don't know. He doesn't say who he played it on. What if he played it on the person in last place? <laughs> What if he, he played it on the, the new person with right, only Ted. one point? <laughs> okay, Ted. I know this is your first game. I know it's your first game, and you haven't been playing well, but how about you just definitely don't win today? <laughs> oh, and you want to leave? No, you're staying. This is Twilight Imperium. You had a great SAR run, though. Probably the best I've ever seen. But I didn't really do. You didn't do it. I mean, it. I just had, had so many allies. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, brought up the uh, the Butt Brothers game too. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a late one. That went really, really late. Yeah, I I don't know what happened with that game, but we got started way later than we needed to. You three, you Sean um, and Jack were the Butt Brothers, and then the other side of the the other side of the map was like really poor. But there were there were four of us, but we couldn't okay. do anything about it. I don't even remember you guys talking about that. Like, how did that start? Because the way it... we lit- I think we just didn't know each other that well, and they were like, neither of us were going to win <laughs> right. for whatever reason. Just like how we started, it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like be mean to this person that I don't know. And then I just randomly got a lot of board control and they were like, all right, let's roll with it. 
so we just threw all of our forces flying Sean. Yeah, it was good. I just I kept all my planets because nobody would. <sighs> ah, Matt's the Matt screams on that. He hated it. Oh, he was really upset. I was pretty upset too, but I had other things in that game to be upset about already. And then we just kind of like once we realized that the Butt Brothers Coalition was going to have to be reckoned with. It was such an uneasy alliance on our end of the table because it just wasn't nobody really was on board. Yeah. What I what I would have loved to see was you guys come together in earnest to defeat and eradicate the Bud Brothers Coalition from the game. And then, you know, have to deal with all the fallout and and subsequent uh you know, fight for right. We would have the last had remaining victory points. Our our alliance would have crumbled the second we got rid of you guys. Um, yeah, but I just wish that I could know how the rest of the galaxy competed with the Butt Brothers Coalition. <laughs> but uh, it never happened. We got like three or four turns in and quit. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, that would have that one would have gone till like. I mean, the sun would have come up, and like, yeah, yeah. That, that's how that would have gone. Last week, we talked about Sean, and what kind of player Sean is. Yeah. And Sean was the player who builds up a pie slice and doesn't let it go, doesn't necessarily go for victory points, but more than anything, wants to stop other people. Um, he likes having his things. He likes having his things. Sean's a goofy guy, and we played this game where two players got off to a rough enough start and were feeling goofy enough that they decided to take the game in a new turn. Now, to players who don't like extra extraneous parts of TI, this story is going to sound crazy. But to those who understand the types of side goals that people can come up with, we want to detail the story of the Butt Brothers Coalition, the impact it had on our game, and how we think things might have gone had the game been able to continue. Um, it's something I hope happens again, honestly. I think For sure. We, I think we need to bring, bring back the Butt Brothers Coalition. Oh, but, yeah. I would love a Butt Brothers rematch. Yeah. Like, to finally take them down a peg. <laughs> so, two of the players, Alex and Jack, got off to a bad enough start that they decided, you know what? Let's throw it all away. Sean was the clan of Sar, so he was just this kind of wild... It was a clan of Sar with a Sar ball, yeah. and both of his neighbors were just letting him collect as many trade goods as possible yeah. and build his ball to be really, really, like, a very, very powerful it ball. Was, it was early enough in the game where king-making seemed absurd. Yeah. There was... It was not... Usually, a king-making situation happens because it's like the top two players are battling each other. Someone is able to step in and stop one of the other ones, and it's just that awkward situation of who do you let win. This was not that kind of situation. Yeah. This was round two. Yeah. Just the other two. It was. It, we started late, so it was kind of like we knew we weren't going to finish anyways, so mm -hmm. things just started to get wild, and so formed the Butt Brothers Coalition. They put all of their might behind Sean, letting him carve through their galaxies. Every turn, they would take a couple things back from him, but only because they would leave something else open for him to keep tearing through, gathering more and more trade he goods, so much money. and just building up this ridiculous, terrifying fleet. He was so big, the other four players of the game were required to deal with it. Yeah, We had to form our own alliance. It went nameless, but only because it was a non-desired alliance on anyone's grumpy. part it, it was, was a grumpy, grumpy. alliance didn't make, yeah but the situation good. it forced us all into was a bit of a um, race against the clock because we had two main considerations one we cannot let sean do this we cannot let sean get away with just two players deciding they wanted to see how big they could make him mm -hmm. this was an unacceptable route especially it being sean for me personally as the person who sean has always targeted i could not let sean have this the other part of the game the, the reason it was a race against the clock was 
sure, we needed to tear down Sean. But of course, as you know, TI3 ends within, what, seven to ten rounds or so. So we had to kill Sean and then have someone in enough of a position to be able to claim some sort of victory at the end. So our alliance was very similar to the Allies, where everyone was a little bit America versus Russia. Yeah. Where, yes, we want to band together and stop the space Nazis, or in this case, the space moles. And within that, though, we couldn't let anyone else get enough of a leg up. Right. Because someone, at the end of the day, had to claim a victory, and it could not be Sean. It was the closest uh, Twilight Imperium has ever felt to World War II, actually. That's a really good analogy in that it just... Like, he, he was so dirty he was so un unstoppably like out of control i mean yeah. just imagine like round two round three somebody has like the crate like a really really like late like end yeah. game fleet yes i think by round four he would have had essentially every single one of his units on the board like yeah. he he just was becoming the only thing that was going to stop him would have been command counters yeah uh, just not being able to get enough in his that, fleet no, supply not stop him just slow him slow down. him down yeah, yeah. it was it's something I want to almost start a game with the intent to recreate. Like, at some point in this game, we're going to have a dedicated alliance. Yeah. Because here's what's beautiful about it. And th- this is what I want to try to sell you on about this game. Because I still think there's going to be people who are like, that's just stupid. Like, it's just, you're not playing Twilight It is here. stupid. Twilight we're not disagreeing that it's stupid. It is absolutely stupid. stupid. But it was hilarious. And it was so fun. And it was infuriating for all of the right reasons. All the ways Hunter and I described last week. Like, just these, like... What are you doing? Why would you do that? Why would you just let him get away with that? And the the other two uh, players' answers would always just be like, "We've just we are the Butt Brothers Coalition <laughs> yeah. because we want to," and it created this completely new story of the game that has like gone down in infamy amongst our group and is is there's just nothing like it in any other game I've ever played For sure. where you can have this moment of we escaped the bounds of the game and created a new game and this all just like happened too yeah. like it just started like it i, I because mean, two players decided to yeah they just decided and then it just started happening i wouldn't want every game to go this way no absolutely not and, and these, i wouldn't want to even play with a group that frequently pulled stuff like right this, exactly for sure. and these players didn't frequently do this as we no. talked about alex was one of those players who was in the butt brothers coalition and alex is typically a very methodical analytical player mm-hmm. it's just this one time he decided to relax honestly and... it was it, it was a good time to do that because yeah. w- it was a late start it was a yeah. really late start we were not gonna finish a late start we never tried seven players before there yeah. was it was there was an understanding going into this that was like we're getting greedy yeah you know what i mean you know yeah, when you're like yeah. you really shouldn't even play yeah but like <laughs> this is a stupid game from the onset so let's get stupid yeah yeah and you know what i i think uh just in general just play a stupid game every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, really. You know, I think I think one out of every ten I could go just for just be, a goofy, yeah. stupid game. Absolutely. Here's a story of a of a game in Norway. So if you can imagine while I'm telling this story that it's snowy and Norwegian, that will help you really <laughs> get into it. Everyone's in sweaters. Everyone is in sweaters. So it was six people in sweaters playing Twilight Snowperium. <laughs> and I think this was the third game we had ever played. Ever. 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 As with a lot of new players, we were all playing rather passively. No aggressive moves or risky plays. Just six people slowly wasting their time <laughs> staring at their plastic pieces, building up their own pie slice. I don't remember exactly what was the catalyst for what came next, but I know... That a sudden death in the political intrigue started a conflict between two players. Also, the planet Hope's End was in play. I have no idea why, but it seemed like our players were drawn to that planet. Probably because it's a good planet. I mean, it's, it's, you know. On round three, one player decided to get revenge for his dead spy from political intrigue. He bombarded his way into Hope's End, but unfortunately for him, it seemed like every player at the table had their eyes on the same target. In one round, five of the six players controlled Hope's End at least one turn. In addition, smaller skirmishes broke out in every system around that planet. Victory points were long forgotten. Controlling Hope's End was the only goal that mattered. 
the once peaceful and friendly galaxy was filled with murder and drama. It was the perfect way for a new group prone to turtling to get a feel for what TI3 could really be. That sounds like a great first game. That's a great, yeah. That's That was there. He said third game. It sounds like a great early game. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, do you remember, like, the first time you felt the impact and, like, allure of aggressive? of, of yeah, aggression i i i remember it because i'm pretty sure it was game two or three and it's we we mentioned this in the last game but our 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 player trent that he was grumpy i remember finding out that he was grumpy mm. because he lost he was playing the nalu i remember and he just got pounded mm-hmm. by someone and it made me realize that this game like it can turn so bloody so quickly but one thing that i want to note about that uh the story i just read is by gunner evian by gunner evian sorry about that gunner uh he posted this on our facebook is that it sounds like they're like um, like so five players attacked hope's end (laughs) and then also so many he he mentioned that additional smaller skirmishes broke out in every system around the planet so that means like all of like these guys were turtling so much that they had these massive yeah, yeah. fleets and lots of they were like fat and happy and then all of a sudden Release they just blew the it all yeah it just all blew up which honestly that that is the flaw with turtling right is yeah. that eventually but also the most fun part of turtling yeah if you is... if you if the game doesn't peter out just before you're able to do this turtling games can be fun if like round five or six rolls around and everyone's like time to use these five dreadnoughts four cruisers two war sons and you know like everything i have i can remember a game that i think we made light references to before that was a three-player game me you sean mm-hmm. where um <laughs> where everything like kind of stayed pretty even killed we were all like it was a three-player game with like not a lot of like public objectives mm-hmm. that required a lot of fighting and then you kind of, i think we were kind of all hovering around like six or seven vps yeah. like that kind of when you're there like you you can make that that play for like yeah. all right this is it and you did something that was like oh wow here's the route it revealed sean, my hand it revealed your hand sean and you clashed over it and then i just got to walk in over your smoldering that's the detail that's the detail we didn't talk about before so yes i you were the asarl no i was the l1z i was the asarl you were the asarl i was the asarl and yeah i i had this whole plan and it was one of those battles i'm pretty sure it all relied on me winning this one big battle against sean and if i could win that battle i could do all of these other sequence of events everything else would be easy but it was kind of this first goal to achieve and it was i just got horrible dice rolls it it was one of those ones where i was defeated by the dice unfortunately but in doing so it revealed everything it was like why is he doing that and then like kind of worked backwards and i was like oh and i wish i wish i could remember what the objectives were no i don't remember like it was it was something where i could steal it from you sean and i clashed against each other and we were both left with so little that now there wasn't a huge fleet in the way of the victory point mm-hmm. and and i'm pretty sure it was over mechatol or something like yeah. that it was like it was literally like center of the map like classic like honestly the in the story that gunner um submitted uh that to me that sounded like one of those weird games where you know when like mechatol really hasn't been in play that much yeah. and someone owns it but it's not a really big deal yeah. and then all of a sudden like there's like two mechatol objectives <laughs> down and everybody's like all right oh! let's rumble like and it's just ridiculous yeah. that's yeah. what it sounded like to me yeah sounded like somebody need to play diplomacy on hope's end too, that would have been well <laughs> no <laughs> then you wouldn't have had that amazing moment. I mean, it sounds like they did play diplomacy. Well, Every okay. single command counter ended up on Hope's End. So yeah. the, the sixth player is the one it who played them so yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Just those those games where everybody ends up wasting these huge yeah. fleets on just like oh man, it's like it, you tally up at the end and it's like oh my god, we were we wasted like a hundred resources <laughs> on this one thing. <laughs> My favorite TI3 moment actually begins with a game of Puerto Rico. A friend and I were setting the game up, and a random person in the game store asked if they could join. Being the inclusive people that we are, they were welcomed with open arms. 
This person had never played Puerto Rico, so we thoroughly explained all the rules to them. After the rules explanation, we proceeded to play. I could tell this person wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but they were doing okay with their plays. However, at one point they made a blunder, a rules violation, and the response was to shout in anger, YOU DIDN'T TELL ME THAT! We had in fact told them that rule, while we understand that there's a lot to absorb rules-wise with Puerto Rico and that it's easy to forget things on your first play, we absolutely couldn't understand the level of anger over something so minor. Because of this encounter, I decided I didn't want to play games with this person again. Around this time, I played my second game of TI3, which was a miserable eight-player experience. First of all, the host hadn't played the game or read the rules in five years. Yet, despite that fact, they insisted on playing with virtually every expansion. Fourteen hours later, I was pretty much done with Twilight Imperium. Fast forward a few months. One of the guys who invited me to that horrible TI3 game encouraged me to try the game again, saying that the previous host didn't know what they were doing and that I'd have a better time with this new group. I rather enjoyed gaming with this guy, so I gave it another shot. To my chagrin, I saw that the person from the Puerto Rico game of horror was to play TI3 with us. I thought to myself, great, if they couldn't grasp Puerto Rico, how are they going to grasp TI3? Fortunately, they were seated across the table from me, so our interactions were kept to a minimum. Finally, the story converges to my favorite TI3 moment. Miraculously, a political card came up that had real consequences for most of the people at the table, including myself. Sadly, we were playing with the political intrigue module, so I had to send someone out to actually vote on the thing that helped slash hurt me. Unfortunately, I don't remember the actual thing being voted on, but I do know that as a result, I would have been able to choose the new speaker. As we all are getting ready to vote, another player plays an action card that somehow cancelled my vote or killed my ambassador or something. It's not the most important detail. What is important is that my cross-table, metagame enemy, had a card that could cancel this card. They proposed a deal in which they'd cancel the card so I could vote, but I had to make them speaker. If I recall correctly, I really needed the speaker token because I was way behind in tech and I desperately needed to be able to draft that strategy next turn. It took me less than a second to look my enemy in the eye and say, fine, you've got me. I need the vote to happen more than I needed the speaker token. Thus, I agreed to the deal. Once all cards were played and the vote passed, the enemy asked to have the speaker token passed to them. I then said, hold up, are deals binding in this game? The reply was no. Thus, I directed the old speaker to instead pass me the speaker token. My enemy's eyes were wide with shock as they struggled to spit out the question, Are you breaking the deal? My reply was a cold, somber, yes. The look on their face was priceless as the gravity of the situation sank in. Yes, they had been lied to their face. Yes, they had been stabbed in the back. No, there was nothing they could do about it. My heart grew three sizes as it filled with schadenfreudian joy. To this day, when I think about the situation, including now, I smile from ear to ear. I don't know if this person knows that I can't stand gaming with them or if they know about how much enjoyment I got from that moment. But I know. I think they know. I think they know. I think they know. <laughs> I, I think they get that you don't like playing with I th them. Yeah, I think they... I don't know. That was a story sent to us by Cronium Age Collector from Board Game Geek. Yeah. What a ride. I, that was... I, I go back and forth on this story because it's... Oh, you're so mean. Oh, it's so mean. But Yeah, but he hates the guy. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's the thing that we didn't quite get in the story because we got the one thing the guy did where he was like, you didn't tell me that yeah. and was really mean. But the thing, the thing I got to parse from that is that this guy in general has to be... If you're somebody who yeah, yells, you, you know, you're going to play Twilight Imperium with someone you hate. Yeah. That's almost yeah. par for the course. This is an interesting story because it feels like it relates really intensely to TI4 because this conversation of what deals are binding and what deals are non-binding is going to become a constant right it's actually rules been put check. into the rules it's, been, book. it's kind rules of been now. established and so like there's going to be a lot of discussions about when something is or is not binding mm -hmm. and it's something I'm kind of afraid of, but just even more to the effect that the fact that it is in the rules means it is forcing more players to think about this kind of yes, tactic. Yes. So you're going to see more moments like this in the game. Yeah. Well, I think technically with the way that the TI4 rules are laid out, if this situation happened in TI4, this would have to be a deal and it would have to be non-binding because transactions can only be... You know what I mean? Like, because it has to be something that's going to happen in the future. They're making the deal before it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Whereas if, so like I, ooh, this is here. I think this, this is a little moment. Uh, and I mean, feel free to disagree with me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of pulling this out of my understanding of the rules as I stand now. But if Chronium Age Collector had waited until, or no, yeah, there's just no way you could have done this deal mm-hmm. actually because he the needed The timing his... of it is I need your vote and then after the vote happens, you will give me right it's like if he had somehow gotten the vote and then got the speaker token he could have transactioned it to somebody like what would have been interesting Ooh, here's an interesting situation what if chronium had made the deal with the guy gotten the speaker token and been like all right i will sell this speaker token like will you you almost like ransom it to them like i know i've already agreed to give it to you but how about you pay for it or something like that right that'd be interesting as well it's um yeah, if anything, just to kind of throw this out there, there's been a lot of talk about these non-binding versus binding deals, and uh, everything we have now from submissions to Dane Beltrami at Fantasy Flight seems to imply that it is as specific as it can possibly be to the timing effects of the game. There is there's very little room for interpretation of what it means when it says something is immediate. Mm-hmm. The only thing that is immediately in TI4 is... Like, I will pay you two trade goods not to activate my home system. Done. Yeah. There's right. no, like, don't send the cruiser, and then I will not fire the PDS, and then we'll, like, there are no steps. It's just X and Y. Right. Done. Yeah. So. Very specific. I think we're going to have a lot more moments exactly like this one. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm excited, actually, for more uh, more stuff like this to happen mm-hmm. in Twilight Imperium. Mm-hmm. Man, Chronium, you got to, pl- like... In this story, there are two groups of player. Like, t- there's a player, and then a whole group of players that you didn't like playing with. Dog. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get some better buds. You know, <laughs> gotta get some good buddies. We got good. I mean, I got Matt. That's you know, who's your who's your co-pilot, <laughs> Gronium? Who's your Goldium? What is an age collector? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think I won uh, one time, and you'd think I would remember when I won, but again, mm-hmm. it all kind of runs together. Uh, but I think I won with help. Uh, we were playing a four-player game over uh, at whenever I lived with uh, another player of mine, uh, of ours, in our group, and his name's Connor. And uh, we uh, we were playing, it was me, Matt, Connor, and, uh, and Paul. And I literally, at one point in the game, I looked over at Paul and uh, the obvi- we were voting on an agenda, right? And I said, I, uh, and it was obvious that they shouldn't give me the agenda. I can't remember what the agenda was, but it was going to help me. It was only going to help me. I was in the lead somehow. I had somehow taken the lead. And the only thing that this agenda could do was help me, but it was obvious that they should vote to give it to somebody else. And uh, Paul was sitting there and he was the last vote. And, I, and he goes, uh, uh, and we go, uh, Okay, Paul, you know, it's your vote. What are you uh, voting for? And his was the swing votes. Like, his votes were going to choose who got the agenda. And uh, he's like, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards Matt getting this. And I was like, hey, Paul, if you give it to me, it would be fun. And that was all it took to convince Paul. I literally <laughs> said, it's, it'll be fun if we do this. And he was like, I'm in. And he just jumped on board. And I was like, heck, yeah, I'm going to actually win one of these games. Hunter, you moved away. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was about a year of very small games I played with EJ and Connor and then whoever else we could scramble right, together. Right. And yes, one of those times it was Paul. And um, it was so interesting to see EJ and Paul in the oh, same in game the same together game, yeah. because both of them are hyper non-aggressive and Connor and I are both hyper aggressive. Right. And so a lot of the game was Connor and I lashing out at each other. And so when this political scenario came up, EJ said, wouldn't it be fun? Because A, Connor and I had been killing each other all game. So like right. that's why EJ you guys was... have been playing like real Twilight. We've been Imperium. playing real Twilight. Imperium, which is why EJ was able to kind of climb ahead of us. Or I think it was probably even with us. Oh, I think... So you guys were probably getting in each other's way. Yeah. And then, and then EJ and was EJ just were kind of just having... Doing a... their own thing. Yeah, playing and... Animal Crossing, essentially. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, when this political agenda came up, I remember it distinctly because, yes, I was the other possible recipient of it. And it was like, Paul, Paul, come on. It's 
it is this is an obvious this is a non-starter what was it was it i don't remember at all no no i nobody seems to remember something like it definitely was going to either hugely benefit ej or throw it to me because i'm in an okay position it won't do a whole lot i'm sure that uh, there's a chance that maybe you were just like in in the lead as far as like because i mean it's interesting that four player makeup that actually does sound kind of interesting because because ej and paul both are like Mm non-aggressive and like they don't play for VPs as viciously. Yeah. Um, it could just be an interesting game of like my vassal versus your, right. like, you know, just playing them yeah. against each other, yeah. messing with things. Con- and Connor like- and I should have jumped on both of them. And instead EJ jumped on Paul at the exact right moment. Yeah. And I'll just never forget thinking that this was a total non-starter political scenario. And it's like, okay, Paul, go ahead and vote, go ahead and vote for me. And EJ just turns and, but Paul, wouldn't it be fun to vote for me and paul just looked back and said mm-hmm. <laughs> and just it does seem fun though hor- it was fun and and the, the it's fun now it's fun now and the type of player that i am i exploded oh i'm sure I you mean, were really upset yeah i just i absolutely let loose and and that only fueled paul's desire to give it to ej more of course yeah and so yeah it was you're practically just, goading him on at yeah, that point exactly and and man, what a what a disaster! Um, that's definitely up there in. I can't call it one of my top TI three moments because it was so absurd. Uh, like from a gameplay perspective, it mm-hmm. was just like, what are you doing? He's already you're just giving it to him. But like that's Paul. That's what happens when you yeah. play games with Paul. I think one thing that we've learned uh, in this project of like really trying to think about old games and stuff, it's like. The really good, just like regular games of Twilight Imperium, they're great. But the stuff that really, that that you really remember are those games that kind of just go into a crazy yeah. atmosphere where something really strange happens, yeah. um, basically. Or at least for us, I feel like yeah. in, in our... Because yeah. the thing is, we've had loads of like just really great twilight imperium games that right. like i mean that's why we play it we don't we don't play twilight imperium because we're like oh it's this great game and like your friend will make a choice for no reason yeah, and then you yeah. lose <laughs> like like that's not a great game really uh but i think the only reason these stories really stick out to us is because we have played so much twilight imperium and so much of it has been just like good and normal mm-hmm. that every time like a real wrench was thrown into the the whole system it was very interesting and we yeah. remember it One time, I was playing the Barony of Letnev, and the guy to my left was the Extraw Kingdom. He had a preliminary objective, I think, to destroy an enemy ship. I had a dreadnought and a carrier adjacent to one of his systems with a PDS in it. He asked if I would mind if he took a pot shot with his PDS at my two ships there to destroy the carrier in exchange for two trade goods. I like this guy's thinking. I initially told him he would have to pay at least three because the carrier cost me three, and then I said I'd need four because of the inconvenience of having to spend an action to rebuild it, and so on. That doesn't, what is even happening? The extra guy was going to go for it, but then somebody else at the table said, He's just gonna take the hit on his dreadnought. Which made the extra guy reconsider. He then suggested two trade goods before the shot, and then two more once the carrier was destroyed. I agreed, took my two trade goods, he rolled a hit on his dice, and I put the wound on my dreadnought. He says, What the heck, man? I say, what? What are you gonna do? I'm the barony. I don't make deals with the little people. Another time, another game, another player was the barony, and he bullied the Arborek player into letting him invade a planet. And the Arborek player said, Brian, I disagree with your action on a moral level. Brian replied, Royalty makes its own morals. Another time, another game, we were playing a fan-made rule set that that we dabbled with for a little while called Shattered Ascension that attempted to address a lot of the balance issues between races in TI3. The trouble with it is it addressed the balance issues by making everyone considerably more powerful, which in turn led to a more mutually assured destruction kind of feeling to the game than our group liked. Anyway, there was some contention between one player named Jeff and the aforementioned Brian. Jeff and Brian were across the universe from each other. I don't remember who Jeff was, but Brian was the L1Z1X. Jeff pissed off Brian. 
and Brian actually stood up on the bench, arms wide, and shouted, Jeff, you're gonna get to go home early because I'm going to take you out of this game. You have one hour. Somebody set the timer. Jeff was ready for him to bring it. Brian then proceeded to build every dreadnought he could, which, in this fan-made rule set, was seven. That's ridiculous. Plus, the general feeling of this rule set was, you know how Race X is really good at Thing Y? Well, in Shattered Ascension, they're even better. So the L1-Z1 dreadnoughts were even better than they already are, and there are two more of them. Brian asked the table, How many dreadnoughts are you allowed to have in this? I answer, seven. Somebody else answers, Seven. Basically, the whole table says seven. seven. Jeff asks, why is everybody saying seven? Somebody says, Brian asks how many dreadnoughts you're allowed. Oh, Jeff says. And then he looks at Brian as Brian sets a handful of dreadnoughts on his home system. Oh, he says. He then immediately made peace with Brian, pouring him drinks and so on. Brian was so drunk that he forgot why he was mad at Jeff in the first place. What a nice little end. <laughs> Another time, another game, same custom rule set. I was the Sardak Nor, and Jeff was to my left as the Embers of Muat. Sardak Nor had an ability in this custom rule set that allowed them pre-combat shots or automatic wounds or some such thing. I can't remember now. Anyways, I realized that turn one, I could take Warfare and then use some destroyers to kill Jeff's Warson. Not really any reason for it except for the lulls, so I did it. Jeff was salty. He spent the rest of the day plotting his revenge. He attacked my home system with two warm suns, destroying everything there. And then when I built a new build center, he used his Nova Seed racial tech and turned my two shiny new space docks into a supernova. His words were, All I want is an apology. I apologized. Those were really theatrical. Those were theatrical stories by R.H. and Aru on the Twilight Imperium subreddit. and uh, Also a good writer. Also a I, good writer. I would say... Also... That- plays games with the right kind of crowd yeah yeah i like i like your crowd i love this group because it's the kind of thing we're talking about when we say players role play but not you have to understand that role playing in twilight imperium is not like D role playing like you are no. not actually the faction and you're not like making up completely separate tasks for yourself or I even think- necessarily like doing things that are like just for flavor no, like no it's just that with everything that you do and you are can planning throw to do that attitude you throw that attitude on it the the mentac coalition with every action that they take gives a little bit of a pirate twist to everything yeah, that they do and it's, this is especially prevalent and i think all of these stories showcase this with barony of letnev players anytime you play barony with of letnev and the same goes for anyone who ever plays germany in axis and allies when you're the big baddie you just wield that power with such, like, distinction and flavor. Yeah, when you... Not to say that you need to, like, specifically mold your game a certain way, no. but when you're do, when you're playing the barony and you do something that's a very barony move, yeah. just come on, like, like <laughs> play it goof up. it a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, play it up. Uh, uh, I, I This reminds me, actually, of something I was doing recently, the, mo- the last game that we played when I was playing Necro. <laughs> Uh, Matt hates this. He really hates this. Uh, but I would do this thing. Necro is not obviously not allowed to vote in the political um, times. So when it was time for them to do political, um, I would just make noises like this. (laughs) And I distracting. I just did it the whole time. Well, I mean, I thought it was fair because I wasn't allowed to vote. So. I thought I might as well pester everyone at the table while they're doing that. Man, I just think everyone just got a, a everyone in this it, who listens to this, I think, just decided in their heads, I don't want to play with Hunter. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was only during political. I do want to play with R.H. Chinaru though in his group. Yeah, Chinaru yeah, you got you got a good group. It sounds like I really like these guys. It sounds like they're they. I don't know. They have a lot of emotion and they're yeah. they're fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was playing with my friends, and one of my neighbors was Josh. It was his first time playing. I had negotiated with him some sort of non-aggression pact. Later, I had a better fleet, and it was spread out a bit. I cautioned him when he encroached towards Mechatolrex, which I was also angling for, and he just sort of scoffed and said, Fine, whatever. He then quickly built a bunch of stuff and threw it into a system neighboring my home system. Fight was his two carriers, nine fighters, four cruisers, versus my two cruisers, one carrier, three fighters, and two dreadnoughts. 
I roll a bit poorly early on, decide to take two hits on my Dreadnoughts, sustaining them. He immediately windmill slams two direct hit cards onto the table, much to everyone's delight. It wasn't even the right play. I had rolled poorly enough to where he was probably winning. At most, he should have only direct hitted one, not both. None of it was for a victory point, as I had guessed. I figured he had some sort of do something in a system adjacent to a home system preliminary objectives. He didn't even want the system. I asked him why, and he said, Screw you. I won't do what you tell me. Why did you do that? <laughs> Is he Andre He's the a Giant? Like a baby. He's a <laughs> big baby idiot. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help but just high-five him and be impressed. The loss was enough to tumble me out of contention, but I wasn't even mad. He created a story for himself on his first TI3 game. You can't ask for much more, Hunter, you jerk, who just insulted this player who... Is being complimented. I don't like. The, hey, man, I put myself in his shoes. The rest and was I get annoyed when people do that. <laughs> the okay? rest of the game, we tussled and spent all of our resources making the other miserable, much to everyone else's amusement. This is why Ti is the best. The stories it creates that don't even have anything to do with who won. This happened like a year ago, and I remember it fondly. This is the same as yeah, our Butt yeah, Brothers this game. This guy totally gets it. Yeah. That was sent to us by Haberdashery HRG from the Twilight Imperium subreddit. He totally gets it, this guy. You're going to rag on him a little bit, but you agree with him at the end of the oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I don't, I'm not ragging on him. I'm ragging on the other guy. <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guy who was like, screw you. I won't do what you tell me. I That reminds me of... What uh, is this, Rage Against the Machine? <laughs> that reminds me of one of my favorite moments of when I was in uh, Mississippi at a town playing. And I've kind of referenced this moment before, but... Uh, the, the literal interaction I had with someone was I was the probably Sardak Nor, maybe universities. I don't really remember. I All I know is I wanted to trade a, a trade contract with someone, um, but I, I just really was into trying to do it aggressively. This is what I'm excited about with the new trade system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was trying it in TI3, and I was just like, trade with me, or I'm going to come after you. I want, I like, yeah, they never I really wanted to works, use it as a threat. It? I wanted to use it as a threat to see if it would work. And, and they were in a position where, like, I, I had the one up on them. Like, it, it wasn't, like, the craziest idea. Like, I had a bunch of stuff sitting right next to them. And so I was like, I think they were the Jolnar because okay. I wanted their three. And so I was like, give me the three or I'm attacking you. And all he looked at me and said was, I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> Okay, and yeah. like from then on, I was enemy number one for him. Yeah, and I feel like that's actually what goes down a lot when you try and bully strategically yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and I hope the new system makes bullying a little yeah. more and, viable. Well, because I think it won't feel like bullying because it's kind of like we can both benefit from it. Like I'm going to sit next to you and we can just trade peacefully and it will be fine. Or I'll come after you. But yeah. we can just sit next to each other. Yeah, I think I feel like we've had this discussion before. Yeah. Just the idea of bullying and stuff, having more granularity to yes. it. And being like, not necessarily just like, all right, all or nothing. I'm going to hurt you yeah, unless right. you give me the thing. Right. Like, <laughs> none of it was for a victory point. That part, I literally, in That's that part of the story, when he said that, yeah. I was like, I am this guy. Yeah. I have been this guy. Yeah. I have been, what, this isn't for a point <laughs> you monster you monster i've got one other rh Naru, uh, story i want to i want to tell real quick the the reason i want to bring this story up is because this really is kind of our goodbye to ti3 um, next week we're going to have played ti4 wow next next episode wow that's pretty crazy and so uh this is this is our goodbye to TI3. So um, from R.H. Naru on uh, Twilight Imperium subreddit, um, this is this is less a story about an actual game, and instead, I had a dream last night about TI3, where the guy in our group who is best with the rules did something called a federated action, which was similar to a transfer action, except for it was across any number of adjacent systems you control. In this case, they were in a line, and you activate the first one from your command pool and the last one from your strategy pool, and the rest from your reinforcements. And he was allowed to build and move ships freely, and even have a combat in there at the end, because the one you activate with your strategy pool, you don't have to control. Crazy idea of a rule. I was like, what the hell is this? He was like, a federated action, dude. And I said, wow, I am so excited for TI4 to get rid of all of these stupid rules. 
I hear that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, TI3. Also, sorry we had to censor all of the stories. We yeah. are a non-swearing po- podcast. <laughs> we swear in our games, and that's probably going to become something that becomes very difficult to reconcile in the yeah, future. Yeah, that'll be tough. It'll be hard to... We, but I, feel like it's, put, it's, I think it's been good for the podcast. It's, it's more professional. Sure, but that's going to... And chi- we want the children's that way. Yeah. I want the children's to be able to listen to Teach your babies how to play Twilight. And I don't period. want mommy and daddy to be getting mad at the children because they're listening to the twenty something swearing on their iPod. <laughs> <laughs> on their iPod. <laughs> on their older brother's old iPod <laughs> that they found in a dumpster. <laughs> so that's our goodbye. Yeah, that's it. Twilight Imperium. Wow, third that is edition. the end of another arc of the show. End of another yeah. arc. End of an era. Too, yeah. That game. Oh man. Ooh. Uh, so one thing I think I'll want to do eventually. We still have never played Fall of the Empire, and now I feel like I have even more reason because now my TI three copy is just going to be sitting there. Yeah. And I might convert it into just like a full on. This is used to play Fall of the Empire scenario. Ooh, that might be cool. It might be fun. We'll do yeah. it someday, but uh, probably not for a very very long time. Yeah. Oh man. Haven't done it up to this point. Why we start now? Dude, I actually feel kind of. I got kind of butterflies in my stomach, mm-hmm. like thinking about this. Like yeah. this is. This is, probably, this is the last time we're really a week from think about tomorrow. That we're game. playing a game TI four, and then that's it. We're and a week from today, you're system. hearing us talk about it, and hopefully playing your own games of TI four. Yeah, hopefully you all. Uh, will... My shipment comes on the fifteenth, and probably most everyone's comes on the fifteenth if yeah, you pre-ordered through Fantasy Flight. That is awesome. Anyways, <laughs> we're really rattling on here. Let's yeah, this let's has been a long episode. Up. I'm sure. Um, um, we want to thank you all for listening, and. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter at SpaceCatsPod. We're on Facebook, SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles. You can email us at SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles at gmail.com. Also hit up any of our forum posts. Uh, we always post our episodes to Board Game Geeks Twilight Imperium for general forums. We post to the Twilight Imperium subreddit. Uh, share this with anybody and everybody you know share twilight imperium with everybody and anybody you know and uh tweet at steve martin tweet at steve martin play mm-hmm. continue to do that we've yep. had one person do it which we need is more great. We, we need, need more. more um so that's what, what we're gonna sign off yep. so until next week when we play ti4 thank you so much let's let's turn it over to the errata yeah errata time What do you think, if you were, like, designing a new Twilight Imperium race, what would that look like? What would they be? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe, so like, a, maybe like a gummy something <laughs> or other. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a piece of Japanese candy? Like a... <laughs> Mm, clear, clearer clear. than that. So gummy. like a Harbo, like light, <laughs> not unlike a gummy bear, alien thing. Okay, so it's a, but it's sort of almost a gummy bear, but it's it's not. It's just, it's just enough different that uh, that it doesn't hit any trademark issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What color are they? Like a yellow. Okay. Green? No, purple, dark purple. They're dark purple gummies. Yeah, so you can just barely see the light of the stars through them. Okay. When they're standing by their little porthole window, <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> so they have cameras. They snap photos. They're photographers. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah, they're they're documenting the uh, the little documenters. You know, documenting everything. Well, like note note keepers. What's their racial ability? Uh, I don't know. They can change the outcome of some turn or something. They can change the Just... outcome of a turn. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So the, they're a race of yellow or purple gummy people. And their ability is that whatever happens in a turn, they can change the outcome so if somebody wins a space battle the gummy people can just say nah you lost yes yes and it's because they they have the power of recording history so they get to say so they so they just record it wrong and then yeah. the game has to and, reflect their the and history. it's as if we're all in the future reading a book about this game and it's written by these guys, so, so really. They, so they've created a frame, a framing device for the entire game 
that's now a gummy child with the gummy grandfather reading the story of the game you're about to play. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's like The Hobbit, basically. It's like the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies. Yeah, if the filmed version were filmed the way that Princess Bride is filmed. Okay, now I'm with you 100%. That sounds balanced, you know? I feel like that's fair, because Stardock nor they get plus one to combat rolls. So. All of them. Not just one, or like one around, like all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. So being able to just say... Would the gummy people be able to maybe, like, if someone won a game, like, let's say someone got all the victory points, would they, be, would their ability allow them to say, no, I won after 10 hours of playing the board game? Would that, is that an outcome that they'd be able to change? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thank you to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica. Bellum Gloriosum.